Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the Senior Director of Charts at Billboard, coming to you from London this week. And joining me, as always, back in Los Angeles, but at her home, is Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital, Katie Atkinson. Hello, Katie. Oh, hey, Keith. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, you know, other than the fact that we are so separated right now. <laughs> it's, it's We are separated and we know that we're, our voices sound different than normal. So we're just, we're letting you know up front that if it sounds crazy, it's because we're in different locations that we would never normally be in. So that's why it's maybe a little bit weird this week, but It's you know. so glamorous. So glamorous. I'm actually recording myself. I purposely put a bunch of pillows around me trying to like mitigate the bounce of my voice off the walls and i don't know if it's actually going to help or not so whatever bear with us we'll see we'll see we'll find out um well as always the billboard pop shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on billboards weekly charts in addition you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news fun chart stats and stories new music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop uh today on the show we've got news about kanye west brock hampton five seconds of summer avril lavigne and the all-star team-up single taki taki uh, which finally came out last week uh, with DJ Snake, Ozuna, Cardi B, and Selena Gomez. Plus, we've got an interview with Normani. She rang us up recently to chat about the success of her chart-topping song, Love Lies, with Khalid, how she's progressing with the writing and recording of her upcoming album project, and she teases how she's working with one of the, quote, greatest vocalists that we have right now. So stick around for our chat with her a little bit later. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. And if you would like to see some headlines from Billboard, you can go to billboard.com or you can listen right now and hear them all on our show. Oh, well, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, now, first of all, I thought we should just talk about what an insane new music Friday we had last week. Um, you know, albums typically are released on uh, Friday or like Thursday at midnight, you know, Friday morning. And it was an especially busy one this past Friday, September 28th. So let's just kind of like rattle off a few of the biggest releases of the week. Um, of course, we finally got Lil Wayne's The Carter Five. 
which we've been waiting and waiting for. Um, Cher's Dancing Queen, her ABBA. Yes! (laughs) Keith might have been particularly excited about Cher's ABBA uh, covers album, Dancing Queen. It's actually pretty darn good. It's super enjoyable. I think you should give it a listen, even if you don't think that you're a Cher or ABBA fan. Just saying. Yeah, no, I think that she totally killed it, and it's such a perfect fit. Um, And then we had Logic's Young Sinatra 4, or it's also being labeled as YSIV. I don't know if you're supposed to say that YS4, probably, but um, that's how it is on like Spotify and some other streaming services. Uh, Then previous pop shop guest Niall Rogers and Sheik's It's About Time. Uh, Rod Stewart's Blood Red Roses, which if you have not seen um, our colleague Melinda's interview with one Sir Rod Stewart, you should go check that out on Billboard.com. Then we had a posthumous release uh, from Tom Petty called An American Treasure. And then there was Loretta Lynn's Wouldn't It Be Great? And this is just a sampling of the things that came out on September 28th. Um, you know, Keith, can you can you tell the listeners why this date in particular was a, such a busy uh, New Music Friday? Yeah, and, and first I'll say that Rod's new album features the, the huge hit, Didn't It? Actually, it's called Didn't I? <laughs> of, uh, as fans of the podcast will know, we royally screwed up Rod Stewart's uh, single name a couple weeks ago when we talked about how it debuted and, and hit the top 10 on the on the adult contemporary chart. It's called Didn't I? At anyway, least we referenced the fact that it clearly didn't seem like a real song title. It, so it, it, at least we, we recognize that we thought we could have been wrong there. Um, <laughs> so I'm just now sort of belatedly apologizing for that once more with feeling. So the reason why everything... Uh, and the kitchen sink came out last Friday is because September 30th marked the end of the eligibility year for the upcoming Grammy Awards. So if uh-huh. you wanted something to be in contention for next year's Grammys, it had to have been released by September 30th. And because most albums come out on Fridays, that meant September 28th was the final like you know, New Music Friday of the Grammy eligibility year, which means an album that we haven't talked about yet, which, you know, I might be sort of screwing up our flow here, an album that we expected to come out on Saturday, Kanye West's album, Yandi, uh, didn't come out, and therefore it's not eligible for Grammys for next year. Ta-da! Yeah, so we'll see, um, you know, when that might appear. We'll talk about <laughs> Kanye a little bit later, we've, but... <laughs> we've got more Kanye coming. <laughs> Indeed, but, um, you know, he's somebody who's been very vocal about the Grammys in the past, so, um, you know, whether a love-hate relationship, uh, for sure, but, you know, one that he clearly cares about, and so, you know, we'll just have to wait for the 2020 Grammys on that one. Um, but, so, of the laundry list of, of titles I, I rattled off there, Keith, is there any idea, you know, I know it's early, but is there any idea what might lead the pack when it comes to next week's Billboard 200 album chart? I'll give you a Roman numeral five guess or guesses. Uh, it'll be, I mean, unless something l- crazy happens, it'll be Little Wayne's The Carter Five. Um, I already have a forecast story up. We're recording this on Monday. Um, I posted a forecast story early on Monday morning. Industry forecasters think that the album could start with over 450,000 equivalent album units earned this week. Um, could go over 500,000. And... Also, it could earn more than 400 million on-demand audio streams for its tracks, which would make it the third biggest streaming week ever for an album. 
behind only the debuts of Post Malone's Beer Bongs and Bentley's and Drake's Scorpion, both earlier this year. So big, big return to number one for Lil Wayne. And uh, of course, that's just the top, the tip of the iceberg. I mean, a lot of the other albums that we named will also have really, you know, great debuts. Cher and Logic are both headed for really big debuts as well. So it's a really super exciting week uh, next week on the charts. So, you know, stay tuned. Yes, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, Keith having an aneurysm over all the many debuts on next week's chart. Should be super fun. Um, But in addition to all the new albums that were released on Friday, we also got uh, DJ Snake's highly anticipated collaboration with Cardi B, Selena Gomez, and Ozuna called Taki Taki. I mean, okay, before we even heard the song, it felt like obviously this is going to be a hit. But now that we have heard it, or actually, Keith, have you heard it yet? I did. I listened to it this morning. I mean, it's like, I, I, you know, I don't understand how this won't be some, some like modicum of a hit. I don't know if it'll be, you know, number one on the Billboard Hot 100, but I feel like uh, this is going to be a song we're going to be hearing for quite some time in the next few months. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be like, say like a, I like it sized hit necessarily, but it feels like certainly a top 10 hit. Um, I think it's catchy and actually you know, Cardi B's rap is pretty funny at times, as Cardi B is great at doing. Um, and Selena's verse is kind of surprising because it sort of um, kind of mellows it out a little bit as you get towards the end of the song. But it just sort of is walking and talking like a hit. And the video is not out, right? I haven't missed anything. Correct? No, no, no. You're correct. Yeah, the, the, the video, I'm sure, will probably blow this thing out of the water. But yeah, this feels like a hit and we'll have to stay tuned. Um, to next week's charts because the song just came out on Friday. So we it's not on the charts that we just posted to our, our website this week, but you know, look towards the charts next week for it to debut. And finally, as we mentioned before, there's one very big title that has yet to come out, um, as of our recording at least, um, Kanye West's Yandi. Of course, that could change by the time you hear this, but even if his album you know, didn't come out on Saturday the 29th as planned, Kanye still made quite a few headlines this weekend. To you say don't the say. Very, very least. <laughs> um, it, oh, man. I do not envy our weekend team uh, this past weekend. I mean, I, I'm i not exaggerating when I say that there were like 11 headlines about Kanye West like on Sunday alone. <laughs> like it was just an insane uh, Kanye weekend. Um, so let's start from the top. He, you know, he performed on Saturday Night Live, uh, the season premiere on Saturday night. And uh, he dressed up like a giant bottle of water during his performance of I Love It with Lil Pump. Which makes um, sense in the context of the song's lyrics, because there is a reference to sparkling water and still water. So, you know, and it, it kind of makes sense. It kind of follows also their video uh, where they're both wearing these big oversized, you know, costumes, too. So, like, it's continuing a theme. Right. Um, and also, uh, you know, he performed three times, actually, which is uh, rare for a musical guest on SNL. Actually, when I say rare, it might have never happened before, but I don't know offhand. Um, so for the third performance that he did, which was after Adam driver who hosted the show had um you know said all of his thank yous all of a sudden it was like and here is kanye west again and he emerges wearing a red make america great again hat um sure of course (laughs) he's become kind of famous for pulling out uh you know once in a while uh and you know he performed ghost town with kid cuddy and um i believe her name is 070 shake and um 
uh, wearing this hat. So that got Twitter talking, of course. Um, and then, but it kept on going because then he got on Twitter on Sunday and uh, started talking about a, a rash of things, including that we should repeal the 13th Amendment. Um, for those of you not following the story, the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery in 1865. So a lot of people are big fans of the 13th Amendment and maybe think it shouldn't be overturned. Was he referencing something else? Did he, yes, did he, I can okay. tell you. Okay, so there was a Netflix documentary by Ava DuVernay, who, uh, of course, directed Selma. Um, she directed a documentary called The 13th, which kind of digs into how the 13th Amendment not only abolished slavery, but it also kind of allowed for inmates or, you know, any prisoners to be used as slaves because it's oh. like slavery has gone except for unless you're a prisoner and then you can sort of be enslaved. And that's, you know, what the documentary digs into. It's a lot of things about, you know, institutional racism in America. But one of the big things that it dives into is um, how, you know, prisoners are free labor for, um, you know, they're creating goods and that are being sold and not getting paid for that because they're imprisoned. So, that's what Kanye was likely referencing. Um, but in the context of him, you know, saying that slavery was a choice earlier this year, um, it just takes on kind of an ugly connotation and also his vocal support of Trump and, you know, that anyway, it's clearly it's, there, there could yeah. have been a more nuanced delivery of this sentiment. Oh, nuance. That's not a word that Kanye is ultra familiar with. I think um, I sent, I sent Katie yeah. um, an Instagram uh, post. Lana Del Rey responded to Kanye West. Did you see that? I sent that to you. Yes. Um, she basically said that it was, she referred to it as a loss for the culture, him, his support of Trump and, and this wearing the, the Maja hat. Um, yeah. And she's, I mean, she's not wrong. I'm, this is just my opinion, not billboard, you know, saying it or anything, but it just seems crazy. Like he's trying to be, um, you know, a contrarian. He's trying to have a unique, uh, opinion by having the opinion that's the exact opposite of what many others in hip hop have, or many others, you know, just black Americans have. And he's saying, I should be able to freely think this opinion that not very many other people have. But in doing so, it's just like sla a slap in the face for all the, uh, you know, things that Trump supports and the that hat represents. So, yeah, yeah it's a lot. Oh, boy. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> well, maybe maybe he's tweaking Yandy to include some new collaboration with Donald Trump. You never know. Oh, yep. Wow. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, well, let's move on to some chart chat, shall let's we? Let's just move on in general. Let's move on. <laughs> um so uh, actually, I want to mention um, something we didn't uh, say earlier when we were talking about new albums that came out. Also in the mix is like if you wanted a single to get out in time, that's also like you had to get it out by September 30th. So that's why we saw Talkie Talkie come out. Probably why we saw Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's Shallow from A oh, Star is Born come so out. So good. Um, so if you notice like more random songs suddenly dropping out of the blue over the past week, it's because of the Grammy Awards. So. Yeah. Um, there's actually an interesting story on Billboard.com that's kind of all about this topic. Um, Katie and I, we had nothing to do with it, but it's also just sort of talking about how, all the stuff that came out and the stuff that came out too late for the this past year's Grammy Awards, like Taylor Swift's Reputation, which is in the mix for the upcoming Grammy. So go find it, Google it. It's an interesting story um, because I love talking all things Grammys. Anyway, let's do some chart chat. First up, the hip-hop collective known as Brockhampton, 
debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart this week with its fourth studio effort, which is called Iridescence. Uh, The set launches with 101,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending September 27th, according to Nielsen Music. Now, of that sum, 79,000 were in album sales, and a lot of those sales were driven by significant um, numbers of bundles of the album paired with merchandise sold through the Axe official website. This has become a very, very popular thing. You know, you can go to, you know, uh, you know, KanyeWest.com. Well, right, not right now necessarily, but <laughs> as an example, let's say when his album comes out, he'll probably have a T-shirt paired with a copy of the album because, you know, a lot of people buy merchandise and I think a lot of labels and acts think this is a cool way of like pairing things together in order to maximize sales and also deliver things to people that probably wanted the album and also probably wanted a piece of merch at the same time. So... Anywho, uh, Iridescence is the 14-member, that's right, there are 14 people in this group, 14-member group's first release for RCA Records after issuing three earlier albums via Empire Recordings. Uh, The Buzzed About Act, which has actually um, termed itself a boy band, um, has yet to chart any singles on any of our charts, but has a very fervent core following that enabled their number one debut. Are you much of a fan of Brockhampton, Katie? Because I... I am not. I Unfortunately, I, I cannot... I did not realize they had 14 members. That is news to me. Yeah. Um, but I also have... I have two follow-up questions. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. One question is just like... Um, uh, did none of their songs from this album end up charting because of the having such a big debut? I checked, um, and so I didn't see anything on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart, and I didn't see anything on the Hot 100 yet. I mean, granted, we're still, process- we're still processing charts right now, but I checked, and I don't see anything. I'm even checking my email one more time, just in case someone did respond to me recently, and I may have missed it. Um, but I don't see anything. So, yeah, that that is kind of crazy, but they really have a, a very sort of fervent core fan base. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be terribly surprised, and I know this sounds negative, but it's not meant to be negative. This is what happens when you have a big debut by an act with sort of a core small following, small-ish following. This album could have a significant drop n- next week on the chart. Um, that's what happens when you have a debut like this where, you know, maybe potentially, you know, kind of the most fervent sort of, you know, dedicated fans all turned up in the first week and then there just aren't a lot of sales the second week so a big drop just means they started big to begin with so yeah it's not negative and then my other thing is not a question more of a statement but i feel like the the boys of brockhampton have to be very happy that uh lil wayne's the carter five did not (laughs) debut a week ago as was originally rumored on twitter Uh, a lot of fans were waiting for the carter five last week and then it actually came on Friday instead. So, um, uh, so congratulations to Brockhampton on uh, getting their number one and being apart from the Lil Wayne crazy release week. Yeah, I mean, sorry for anyone else that came out, you know, the same day as you know Lil Wayne. Whoops. <laughs> um, next up, Five Seconds of Summer score its first number one on the pop songs airplay chart as Youngblood jumps from number four to number one with a 10% gain in spins in the week ending September 30th. Uh, In total, uh, Five Sauce has notched seven hits on the pop songs chart, 
And Youngblood was already the band's first top 10, so it was already their first top 10, and now it's their first number one. So yay, Five Sauce! Also, friends of the podcast, uh, Five Sauce. They've been guests on the show previously. Um, Over on the Billboard Hot 100, which of course ranks the most popular songs of the week based on uh, airplay from all formats of radio, along with sales and streams, Youngblood holds its peak of number 10, while Maroon 5's Girls Like You featuring Cardi B is steady at number one for a second week. Lastly, Avril Lavigne is back on the Hot 100 for the first time since 2014 as her new single, Head Above Water, debuts at number 64. The track is her 20th entry on the list, and notably, the inspirational tune, which is uh, you know, which was written about Levine's battle with Lyme disease climbs from number five to number two on our Hot Christian Songs chart. Uh, it's her first track to chart on that tally. So uh, Avril Levine, uh, you know, going from you know, Skater Boy over to the Christian chart. Uh, incredible, incredible. Who knew? Now it is time for our interview with Normani. Um, we were so stoked to talk to Normani, um, and we uh, caught up with her recently to chat about the great success of her single Love Lies with Khalid and her feelings about the track hitting number one on the pop songs airplay chart. And we also talked about how she's progressing with her first uh, album project uh, of her own outside of Fifth Harmony, uh, what it was like performing for Janet Jackson recently. Uh, at a, she did a tribute performance. You'll hear about that, you know, in the in the interview, and uh, how she's got some uh, quote records coming out in quote that aren't necessarily part of her personal upcoming album project. So maybe there's some stray singles coming from Normani here in the hmm. next you know, month or so. I don't know. So here's our interview with Normani. Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, Normani. How's it going? I am great. I'm talking to you now, so I'm, I'm amazing. <laughs> oh, flattery gets you everywhere, Normani. <laughs> um, well, first off, congratulations <laughs> on the incredible chart success of Love Lies, your collaboration with Khalid. You know, the track, uh, which also happens to be, you know, your, your sort of first proper single, uh, recently hit number mm-hmm. one on our Pop Songs Airplay chart. And in fact, as we speak right now, it is number one for the second week in a row. And oh my god, that's crazy! And it ah, hit the top ten on the Billboard wild. Hot 100 too. How does it feel to see the song do so well on the charts, and you know, with the public, of course? Honestly, it's—I can't say anything, but it just being a dream come true. Like I'm so grateful and so blessed, and it's just amazing. Like you said, for this to be the first record um, that kind of introduces me to to the world with my own artistry. Aside from, you know, who they've known to be Nirmani and Fifth Harmony for so long, it's just, it's really crazy and mind-blowing. It's kind of like an out-of-body experience, even for me, because it's like, I can't believe that I actually did that or I was part of that. And to have a record that I cared so deeply about, you know, with with Khalid, he's one of my, my closest friends, and we literally, we knew that the song felt good. But we didn't necessarily know because you're never really guaranteed like what people are going to connect with or what a song or a record's really going to do. You you hope for the best, but you really don't know. So it's just really cool to see it soaring and spreading its wings and doing so amazing and connecting with so many people. It's it's been awesome. 
And, you know, it's been such a slow-burning success, too. It came out way back in February on Valentine's Day, and then it, it didn't start hitting the charts until April. So what's it been like for you personally I know. kind of seeing the song build? And maybe did you feel like you were, you know, gaining new fans in the process and people were, you know, getting to know you in the process? I honestly think that's the special part. The fact that it didn't just shoot straight up on the charts, I think that it's really beautiful to kind of see the growth and and just seeing how gradual it did happen because I feel like it's it means people are discovering the song like each and every day. People that didn't necessarily even know who I was or you know who Khalid was, like people are like, Oh, that Love Lights record. So it's really cool to just kinda see people discovering it and exploring it and finding out about it um, each and every day. And yeah, it's, it took a while to, to climb, but it, it did. And it's just really cool to see our little baby win, you know? <laughs> it's better to have those songs that like hang out for a while instead of like the quick burning tracks, really, honestly, because like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, it's, I think it, consistency is key for sure. Cause I mean, I don't really pay that close attention to like first week. It, it really does come down to the consistency of it and people just, like I said, tuning in and, and figuring out about it, even if they didn't necessarily know. Before, I, was, so. I, I was tweeting to someone, this is random, an aside, but um, there was an artist who was uh, saying something on Twitter the other day about they were they were disappointed about their first week for their album. And I tweeted, I was like, the album campaign is not about the first week. Like the album campaign is not over with with mm-hmm. the first week. It's it's about sort of the long haul and and I think you know certainly mm-hmm. obviously with Love Lies like this is all about the long haul with this track and it's so beautiful for you to have, to see all the success. And uh, speaking Absolutely. of all that, um, are you and Khalid like besties now? Like <laughs> a- after all this time that the song has been doing so well together, are you guys like BFFs basically? We were actually friends before we even created the record together. Um, which I think makes the record so special for the both of us. Like it's it's definitely one of my favorite records, not just because of the song itself, but because of just the relationship that Khalid and I do have and and it just being sincere. You know, we're both very good people and I, I see such an incredible artist and he sees the same in me. So we were just very passionate and equally as excited about one another and jumping on a record together and and boom it kind of just it happened it wasn't really anything that was like premeditated or or thought out too deeply it kind of just fell into our laps and happened the way that it was supposed to happen so i think people could hear that in the record and i feel like me singing the record like i i i don't know you just deliver it differently when you really believe and care about something that much and i feel like that kind of shows even even if it wasn't premeditated, it all worked out like super well. Mm-hmm. Like as to be sort of like your first kind of like. Well, I mean, to be like your first sort of introduction, you know, as like a, a soloist, mm-hmm. like it really like. It, you may say it wasn't planned, but you know, it really worked out like incredibly. Thank you. Well, I'm glad that it did. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of. Speaking of that introduction, um, you know, Dancing with the Stars just started up again. And of course, you were on the show last spring. Um, at the time, did that kind of feel like a big part of starting to establish your um, individual identity outside of Fifth Harmony, kind of introducing Normani to the public? Absolutely. I think that that was kind of the first baby step towards um, discovering myself, you know, even in terms of introducing myself to the public. But 
most importantly, me being able to discover who I was outside of the group um, as an artist, as a creative person, and also just as a woman. Like, I grew so much from that show, and it's crazy because I never would have thought, like, a reality television dance competition like mm-hmm. show would do so much would do so much for me but it, it really did push me and it made me resilient there was so many moments um that I had to just look at myself and say like I'm proud of you because I feel like I'm my worst critic sometimes but it's just really cool to be able to look back at the, the videos and my performances and say like wow I actually I did that and I was on tour with the girls at the same time flying back and forth from Asia. So you were crazy, basically, Normani. <laughs> yeah, my my experience was a lot different than anybody else on the show. But um, I, I don't know, it made me stronger and it strengthened me. And it just opened my eyes in terms of creativity and what I'm able to to, to see now. And I can apply it to, to what I'm doing with this upcoming project. Yes. And beyond that. Speaking so. of which, back in April, it was announced that you had signed with Keep Cool and RCA, and we know you've been working on uh, more music. So what can you say about where you are with that solo project now? Um, right now, I've been in the studio for the last few months, just really starting from the ground up. Um, and I've been co-producing, I've been co-writing, I've been in with a lot of amazing songwriters and producers that I've been wanting to work with for such a long time now, and that are actually fans of mine, which is kind of crazy, because it's like, I'm fangirling over you, but mm-hmm. you're just as excited about me, and it's just really cool to get the support that I, I have been getting, you know, from the public, from the fans, from people that I look up to, and sonically and creatively, like, I'm able to do absolutely anything that I I want to do now it's it's like a kid in a candy shop it's overwhelming sometimes because there's like so much you can do but the limit the, the options are like limitless so so you're gonna make a heavy metal I'm record excited. is what you're saying normani right <laughs> absolutely absolutely I'm going, actually it's like a combination of country heavy metal you know you know scream I'm it's, it's, <laughs> all, all the lines are blurred now there's no genres hardly anymore you know you can do whatever you want um you know, Honestly, nowadays. Yeah, I know totally. You're right. <laughs> um, you co-wrote "Love Lies." Are you are you looking to really dive in and and write more music and 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 kind of you know put your stamp on your material going forward? Absolutely. You know, I feel like nobody understands what goes on in my head more than myself, and the things that I want to talk about and be able to get off my chest. Obviously, like I love um, co-writing as well, but I also love writing even just for myself. But it's been really cool because I've been grateful enough to be in the room with people that are able to, to kind of help me bring that vision to life. Um, but this time around, it's like I can do things. I can do things my way. And it's, it's really my story. And I know what I want it to sound like, what I want it to kind of encompass. And who can do that better than, than me? Exactly. You know? Um, you know, funny, you and I actually talked briefly backstage at the Billboard Music Awards this year when you came by after the show and, and did some photos with us, and, and we did a short little video interview, and um, at the time, you had just met Janet. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> Hi. Um, and, and you had just met... I remember. Oh, okay. thanks. Um, and you had just met Janet Jackson for the first time, um, and then just a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, you paid tribute to her at the BMI 
R&B Hip Hop Awards for the performance of The Pleasure Principle, and it was great. And she was in the audience, smiling and I know, we came, we came a long way since then. Seriously. We came a long way since then. <laughs> um, did, you yeah. get, did you get to, like, I mean, were you, like, freaking out inside? Because not only, I mean, you had met her before, but now you were, like, in front of her dancing and singing her song. Was that, like, a trip? Honestly, I was just as nervous performing that tribute for Janet than I was performing at the Billboard Music Awards. <laughs> I told my mom, I remember telling my mom and my dad that right before when I was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous because this is someone that I've looked up to since I was a little girl and literally part of the reason why I am who I am as an artist today. Um, and it's just, it's insane how much she's done you know, for the industry and just even for me, like being a, a young black female in the in the music industry and just just dominating it and, and me finally being able to, to perform in front of her and her smiling from cheek to cheek and like she was really, really proud. And and that that just kind of stamped everything and made me recognize that everything was all worth it. <laughs> and like I got to perform for my idol and she loved it and she was and she really enjoyed it like I don't know it's one of those pinch me moments I can't really make sense of it but I it was it was incredible <laughs> so obviously you and Janet need to collaborate now right yeah exactly <laughs> I mean I would hope so <laughs> Shoot. I would probably be so nervous <laughs> we're just I'd probably put... just stare, stare at her and watch her dance we're, we're just... and let her have all the parts and just be there for support <laughs> we're just putting it out there in the world i mean janet give normani a call i'm sure i'm sure someone's oh people God. can call someone's people <laughs> that would be incredible i would die <laughs> you know someone who also loves janet is missy elliott and you mentioned uh previously that you were aiming to record with missy are there plans for any other collaborations on your on your solo project um yeah we have a few lined up right now um, I actually have some records coming out very soon. I don't think they're necessarily part of uh, my my personal project, my album, but we have amazing, amazing work coming out. One really huge one that I'm excited about. I can't really, I don't think I can say. You totally can. It's just us talking. <laughs> yeah. No, one, no one else will know. <laughs> uh, this is where you say, it's Janet, Keith. <laughs> I'm trying to see how I can give you a hint without actually telling you. Spilling me. the beans, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, honestly, one of the, the the greatest vocalists of, of this time right wow. now. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's definitely a, a moment. And a really close friend of mine, too. So, hmm. And it's a male. It's oh. a male. That's all I'm saying. Start your guesses, people. <laughs> I don't know. Um... Uh, you know, and sort of uh, dovetailing from that, you know, um, are there are there any songwriters or producers that you would really, you know, like to work with, maybe, that you're allowed to say? <laughs> I'm sorry, you said anyone that I would like to work with? Well, like like songwriters or producers, like, you know, aside from, like, obviously, like, the big artists that people can think of, you know, like the Missies of the world, but are there, like, certain songwriters or producers that you're just dying to, like, get, to in, get in the studio with, for example? Um, I've been, I really wanted want to work with Ryan Tedder. I know that we have, we actually have something lined up. He's amazing. Um, very soon. We haven't worked together yet, but we had a few, a few chats and we had 
We actually talked about food that one time. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about I'm just thinking about how that meeting went, and it was like we talked about food the majority of the time. So what's you're, you're going to get a demo stuff. from Ryan? That's just like a, a track about food. Just about food. <laughs> yeah, we talked about all kinds of cuisines and, and food. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to work with him. Um, obviously, Missy, which I mentioned, we haven't gotten in yet, but that's happening very soon. Um, the dream, I would say. Um, yeah, honestly, I've been blessed enough to work with a lot of the people that I've been wanting to work with. If that makes, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, would say, I would say. Miss, do you have any plans? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to step all over you there. Um, do you have any plans to do some some solo shows of your own anytime soon? Um, right now I'm focused on just basically recording. Of course. For the most part, yeah, trying to get the project finished. Um, but I might have some holiday shows coming up. I Ooh. There was talks about maybe Jingle Boys. Oh. Super fun. We can always get you, like, yeah. you know, in Rockefeller Center, like, you know, singing something when they light up a Christmas tree. Who exactly. knows? I don't know. Um, that would be dope. Yeah. <laughs> People make it happen. I'm sure someone's listening on our conversation right now. I don't know. Um, this has been a treat, Normani. We really appreciate you taking the time to uh, call us up and chat all about your success and, and what's to come for you. And we wish you nothing but the best. We're so happy for you, and, we, and we're so happy to see Love Lies doing so well on the charts. And we can't wait to hear more music from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Show me where you love lies. Show me where you love lies. Thank you so much, Normani. Uh, We cannot wait to hear more music from you, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best. And uh, yeah, I'm still kind of figuring. I'm trying. I'm Katie and I are trying to figure out who was the mystery vocalist she was talking about in the interview. We've left the people with a pop shop mystery. I know we're not going to get. We're not going to say names. But um, we don't want to lead you on. But, you know, talk amongst <laughs> yourselves. Um, and, you know. This is what Twitter know. was made for. Yeah. Ask Normani what she thinks. <laughs> and now we're going to talk about the charts out of the week. But I got something to tell you that I never thought I would. But I believe you really ought to know. This week, back in 1974, Olivia Newton-John got her first number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with I Honestly Love You. The track climbed two to one on the list dated October 5th, 1974, and spent a total of two weeks atop the tally. I Honestly Love You wasn't only a Hot 100 chart topper. It also reached number six on our Hot Country Songs chart back when Olivia was sort of firmly a country artist um, that also kind of bled into pop music at the same time. And this track actually won the Grammy Award for Record of the Year. It was kind of a big hit, kind of a big hit at the Mm -hmm. time. Newton-John, who actually just celebrated her 70th birthday on September 26th, happy birthday to Olivia, a friend of the podcast, Olivia Newton-John, by the way, a former guest. Uh, She would later hit number one uh, with Have You Never Been Mellow, You're the One That I Want with John Travolta, Magic, and of course, Physical. So there you have it this week, back in 1974, Olivia Newton-John's I Honestly Love You 
hit number one on the Hot 100. Okie dokie, Katie. I think I heard a dog barking in the background. Oh, not my dog. Really? <laughs> really? What, 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 was there a dog barking in the background? Earlier? Yeah, my neighbors have dogs. Okay. Uh, I was, yeah. I was like, is a dog here outside of my house? Sorry, I don't sorry, know what's Pop going Shop. on. <laughs> if you've well, we, dogs. <laughs> we, we did explain up front that this was a unique situation this week. Uh, um, all right. So what song should we go out on this week? Well, I'm sorry to say I've never heard the number one hit, Have You Never Been Mellow? And I feel like I need to hear it now. So let's Have go out on that. Have You Never Been Mellow? <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to sing it for you, though. I just did a little bit. Uh, yeah, let's do that. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.